Listener Production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Heart Science Explained, a weekly podcast brought to you by Listener and Cosmos. Today you've got me, Matilda, and we are combing through the science of hair. For a species that has comparatively little of it compared to other mammals, hair is a bit of an obsession for us humans. Hair has huge cultural significance, even a musical, and some of us spend quite a lot of time and money cutting it, styling it, colouring it, or even removing it. But how much do you know about the science behind hair and how it behaves? Like, what is hair actually made of? Why does it turn grey when we get older? And why does humidity make our hair more curly and frizzy? Or is that actually just a myth? Let's start untangling the facts. Hair is mostly made of a type of fibrous protein called keratin. Keratins are a pretty versatile protein family. They're also the main component in our fingernails and structures like feathers, hooves and claws in other animals. Our hair grows out of a structure under our skin called a follicle. Humans have about 5 million hair follicles on our bodies and about 100,000 of these are located on our scalp. As the hair grows, it undergoes a process called keratinization. Essentially, rather than living cells, the part of the hair above our skin is mostly made up of just lots and lots of keratin, which is why you can't feel anything with your hair. Each hair grows in phases. The phase known to scientists as anagen is when the hair is actively growing. This lasts for about two to six years, and about 85 to 90% of hairs on our head are in anagen at any one time. In the next phase, catagen, the hair follicle shrinks slightly and detaches from the blood supply. Then we enter the telogen phase, which lasts for two to three months. About 10 to 15% of our hair is typically in this resting phase at a given moment. Finally, the hair falls out, which is called exogen. Each individual hair follicle works on its own cycle. Otherwise, we'd go through regular cycles of going completely bald and then regrowing all our hair at once. All right, next question. What determines your hair colour and why does our hair turn grey? Our natural hair colour comes from cells called melanocytes, which are found at the base of the hair follicle. The melanocytes produce a pigment or coloured substance called melanin and inject it into the hair as it's growing. There are two types of melanin, eumelanin and pheomelanin. Mostly eumelanin creates a black or brown hair colour. Mostly pheomelanin will create red hair. A mixture of the two colours can create anything in between. As for natural blondes, their light hair colour is caused by having a relatively small amount of pigment. Melanocytes are like tiny little printers applying these inks to the hair as it grows. The melanocytes stop injecting colour when hair is in the catagen phase. That's why if you pull out a hair, you can see that the bit closest to the follicle isn't as pigmented as the rest of the strand. As we age, though, these printers run out of ink. Melanocytes die and aren't replaced. With a loss of melanin, all that's left is the natural greyish-white colour of the keratin. This happens at a different time in each follicle, which is why our hair doesn't turn completely grey overnight. The age at which we go grey seems to be strongly influenced by genetics. But can stress also turn your hair grey? 
For some time, scientists thought not. Because melanin pigments are added into the hair as it grows, a hair already on your head doesn't suddenly change its colour. Stress can sometimes make hair shed faster than usual, a condition with the tongue-twisting name of telogen effluvium. If we're already going grey, telogen effluvium could mean older hairs are lost and new grey hairs grow in over a shorter period than would otherwise have happened. But some intriguing recent research suggests that stress might influence how individual follicles switch from producing pigmented hairs to grey hairs, and that it could even be reversible. In 2021, a study from Columbia University in the US looked in extreme detail at the pigmentation of individual hairs from 14 volunteers. The volunteers also kept a weekly diary to record their stress levels. The researchers discovered a pattern where the sections of the hairs that had been growing during more stressful periods were more likely to be grey. And in one participant, they even found a link between the person going on holiday and some of their hairs switching from grey back to pigmented. So the hairs were grey at one end and brown at the other. It's still early days, but findings like this show that the science on grey hair isn't completely settled. Why does humidity change our hair? This is a curly question. The three basic hair textures are curly, wavy and straight. But there's a lot of diversity within the wavy and curly hair types, from loose waves to springy coils to tight kinky hair. There's also variation in how thick or fine our individual strands of hair are. One of the main things that determines our hair texture is the shape of our hair follicles. Straight hair grows out of round hair follicles, while the follicles of people with wavy or curly hair have more of a flattened or oval shape. Another factor that scientists think might affect our hair texture is the pattern that the cells and keratin proteins are arranged in within the hair. Proteins in curly hair are arranged more asymmetrically, which might be contributing to the curly shape. You might have also noticed that the weather can have an effect on our hair's texture. Most famously, we tend to hear about humidity making hair frizzier or curlier, but that's not universally true. I have naturally straight hair, and higher humidity tends to get rid of any curls or waves that I've tried to introduce. For my curly-headed friends, humid weather makes their hair even curlier. To understand this paradoxical impact on our hair force, we need to know a little bit about the chemical bonds that hold hair together. There are two main types, disulfide bonds and hydrogen bonds. Disulfide bonds form between two sulfur atoms, These atoms can be found in cysteine amino acids, which make up part of the protein in hair. Disulfide bonds are really strong, so you need particular chemicals to break them apart and reform them in a different pattern. These chemicals are what hairdressers use to chemically relax curly hair, or give a perm, short for permanent wave, to straight hair. The two main ways to temporarily change your hair texture are to apply heat, think a hair straightener or a curling iron, or to get the hair wet or damp and let it dry in a new shape. Think plaiting or braiding damp hair or putting it in curlers and leaving it overnight. These techniques are breaking apart and reforming the second type of chemical bond in your hair, hydrogen bonds. They're weaker than disulfide bonds and can be broken apart by heat or the application of water, aka humidity. Letting the hair dry or cool down when it's being held in position by curlers or a flat iron 
forces the hydrogen bonds to reform in the desired new shape. When the air is humid though, these new arrangements of hydrogen bonds don't really last. The dampness in the air breaks the hydrogen bonds apart, undoing all your hard styling work. It can also cause the hair to swell a bit, which can lead to frizz. Not a great fringe benefit. So I hope you learned something new about hair today. And remember, if you wake up and it's more humid than usual, you might save yourself some headaches by just rocking your natural hair texture instead of trying to go against it. We'll be back soon with even more weird and wacky answers to life's questions. But in the meantime, you can head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next week for another Heart Science Explained.